Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another of our Amy Community Series match reviews where we look through the players that hold Supercoach and AFL fantasy relevance, the players that have popped, the players that did not, and discuss whether or not some changes need to come to our structures as we head into opening round next weekend. Talking about the Swans and the Lions on this episode, let's head straight to the Sydney Swans. I feel like they are the most important team to have a conversation about, and it starts with Errol Goulden. If it weren't for opening round and the early buy blocks, the amount of coaches that have said to me, either through our Patreon or just in the community at large, have gone, I would start with Errol Goulden, but I can't because of this early buy. My response back to you is, why not? 133 in AFL Fantasy last night, 133 also in Supercoach, 78% time on ground, 20-odd touches, handful of marks and tackles, in fact, more so than a handful in every single one of those categories. It was exactly the sort of game you know Errol is capable of. And while you might initially go, oh, it's a preseason game, he did this for us last year and showed simply this. When given time and space, he scores. He's absolutely gut-running, smart footballer, does the defensive stuff with tackles, wins the football on the inside, gets into open space, and uses that elite left foot of his to set up his team. So, yep, having the round five bye is far from ideal in our structures and squads, but it's matches like this that just remind us of why we loved owning him in 2023, and if he flies anywhere out of the gate out of those first four matches of the year, whew, we ain't going to find a cheap price point to get him up until Sydney's mid-season buy. So am I saying you have to get him? Not at all. In fact, what I am saying is if you've ruled him out only because of the buy, now's a really good time to go, well, can I deepen up my bench through that midfield, find a way to get a sharp type onto my field to protect that and only losing maybe 30, 40 points for that game and giving myself a captaincy option and securing that M1 or, or M, even an M2 spot, depending on how deep you want to run through the top of your midfield. So I don't think you can discount Goulden anymore. We know what he is. That's the beauty of these matches is it shows us something that moves from theory to practical and Errol, he ain't going anywhere in this midfield. I know they didn't have Parker. They didn't have Mills. They lost Adams for parts of this game through injury. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that one. But the reality is in this Sydney midfield, it's actually quite a hard midfield to score well in unless you boast a beautiful combination of inside and outside football. And that's exactly what Errol does. So for me, if you're not starting with him, that's okay. He, he's in your upgrade cadence as somebody, I think, by season's end, you're going to want to have some shares in Errol, that's for sure. Time to have a little bit of humble pie. Um, I've been a little, anti's probably too strong, but I've been a little cool on James Jordan simply because I hadn't been convinced that he's A, in the best 22, and then B, I wasn't sure where he'd sit, whether he'd sit out on the wing. Does he come through the flanks? Does he get a, a little bit of inside opportunity? Again, the flag of players like a Parker and Mills, who won't be there in the first few weeks of the year, were missing in this game as well. But 
I don't think James could have done anything to be more impressive. 31 touches, nine marks, tons across your fantasy formats from 84% time on ground. He's playing in opening round without any doubt in my mind. And now the only reason probably to fade him out of your team is an underwhelming performance or a sub-affected game in opening round. Other than that, I'm pretty much prepared to change my tune. James Jordan, someone I think with some confidence now you can select. Those injuries that have happened, especially to a Luke Parker, has just moved him up the ranks a little bit more. And he showed in this matchup that on the inside, He's capable and able, but he adds something on the outside to the Swans as well. I know they've got a, a McInerney and a Goulden who are all really, really strong. Campbell, I thought he was actually quite nice in this game, despite not scoring well from a fantasy perspective. I thought his outside components to the game looked really good in some, you know, slightly slippery and, and humid conditions. So to me, um, I think you can have James Jordan with a bit more confidence in your side. I, I'm happy to say it. Uh, I was off the mark on that call. He's made his move. And definitely, I think that's the beauty of the preseason is when you realize you've made a mistake or your your perspective on a player is wrong or flawed or an opportunity opens up, which I think is partially the thing that's happened here for Jordan. Don't be stubborn. Make the move and, and make that correctional decision through there. Matty Roberts, I liked his matchup a ton in Supercoach, 18 possessions. I, I think he's going to be someone that has that opportunity. Again, they we're missing a couple, including a Dane Rampy through that back line. So just keep an eye on this shape through opening round, what he does. And if he's in that team in opening round, plays well, and he performs for us in that matchup, then with proceedings after that, you can kind of move forward with some confidence. Supercoach is certainly his more preferred format, just based on how he plays. But I really, really like Matt Roberts. I think he's someone that, depending on what your bench looks like in that midfield, again, depending on the formats you play, you can have some confidence. It all depends on how deep you're running with cows on ground. If you're only running... A McKercher and a Sanders, for example, you might not need a Matt Roberts. But if you are running three midfield cows on the ground, then potentially a Matt Roberts or even a Huswell, um, I'm sure we'll talk about him when we get to the Hawks match review, might be someone of interest. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sheldrick, he's fine. The, the role is there, yeah? Um, again, absences of options, scored a bit better as the game went on, 78% time on ground. I, I, I thought he was okay. I, I don't think he's banging down the door. And again, when you've got guys that are at a cheaper price point that I think are able to score in that similar range, you, you're probably not looking at him now. You're more looking at the Crouches, Amons, Wines, uh, Nick Martin types, that sort of go and trying to grab a couple of bites of them. And then it's those other cows that we've just alluded to, the McCurches, the Sanders, the Sharps, potentially the Roberts, the Husswaits, um, the Windsors. There's a bunch of them rolling through there. I just think he's now in that space that if he didn't bang the door down in this match, which I don't think he did, um, despite having a, a reasonable okay role, I think you could probably fade on from that. Drafts is still a, a reasonably handy late pick, especially if you can handcuff him with some other Sydney Swans mids. Brody Grundy. 
what are we talking about here? Nine possessions, 27 hit outs, 60% time on ground, score of 51 in AFL Fantasy and 65 in Supercoach. I thought he was okay. Um, we sometimes overreact in these games and sometimes the reaction we make is the over move we need to make. And that's just one of those mentions a moment ago around James Jordan. See something, observe it, know it's real and move forward. With Brody Grundy, here's what I'd say. If you're bullish on Brody Grundy, we alluded to it a little bit on the, on the Melbourne and Carlton match review, but simply this, have your parachute plan in place. That's all. He's never been a type of player that goes all out in preseason. Never should need to. You're just trying to get your best Ruckman on your list through the game, find a little bit more in-game synergy with his teammates, and then get him cherry ripe for opening round, which for Sydney, it's next week. So there's genuinely nothing to gain by just driving and running him into the ground. They don't have an early buy. It's in the back end of that first block. So... It's not like, yeah, okay, drive him hard, drive him hard, and then we'll be fine. They want him for the season. They're, they're desperate to get back to that top portion of the finals push, and Brody could be a really big key for it. So if you are big on Brody Grundy entering into this game, here's the two things I would say for you. You can make a move, go and get your Gorn, go and get your English, go and get your Marshall, go and get your Cherry if you didn't have him already. That's absolutely fine. But just build your contingencies and your parachute plans. So by opening round, should he not score well again? Okay, adjust. But should he score well? Okay, maybe it's not panic stations at all. That's the beauty of opening round. While it does create a, a new sense of friction and pain for us in how we navigate, it gives us a free look at players. And Grundy is the perfect type of player that you've got great options a little bit below in Cherry, one just a touch above in Gorn, and then some right at the top of the tree. And I feel really happy with any of those five in my starting structure. So yes, they all change depending on who you have. But with Grundy, I wouldn't be panicking, but I would be having a little bit more of a, okay, reservation potential option I might need to make a move here. Whereas 24, 48 hours ago, you might not have thought you needed to. And that's the blessing and the curse of the preseason. It makes you question players you didn't think you were questioning. And it makes you look at players that you hadn't considered. That's okay. Put all those elements together. Taylor Adams is the next player I want to talk about. And maybe the last one that's really super fantasy relevant for us from this game. Because guys like Heaney, Blakey, all that kind of stuff. They're very more draft um, options rather than classic or salary cap. If we look at Adams game, 15 disposals, it's fine. 50% um, time on ground, fine. Points per minute, fine. Um, but... Uh, precautionary taking off of the ground due to a medial injury. Uh, to, to me, players with injury history, when they get injured in the preseason, I really find it hard to justify starting them season proper. Adams now was always on the back foot for me. I, I just didn't think that his role in the side, yes, Parker opened up that opportunity for him to be even more of the leader through that midfield of the experienced that was needed in there without Mills and Parker early on. Sure, I understand. And, and even myself leaned into a little bit more interest. But now that he's got an injury, 
Um, he's going to be battling the clock for opening round. And if he doesn't play an opening round, I'm prepared to just completely wipe him from any consideration. And that's for twofold reasons. Number one, you lose the accelerated price movement that you could have got had he played. And that was one of the appeals of Taylor Adams is you were going to get the accelerated price movement and you had then the option when it came to their buy to then move him on to a player that had just come off, potentially a Sam Flanders for example. Um, and you've also then had the opportunity to really reevaluate your team, know what forwards were potentially coming in with a, a handful of games with DPPs while they wouldn't have landed in the game just yet. You'd start to see what the value of a top line forward may or may not have become. The second thing you're losing by not having him play if he misses opening round is you actually don't get to see what this Sydney midfield looks in a competitive hit out. While as much as we can, and I'm prepared to give you know, statements about what I think Jordan's going to do and Goulden's going to do. The reality is, if you don't see it in a proper game of football, what you see in a preseason is only ever at best a small sample and entree size bite of, of what could be. So if Adams does not play opening round, I'm prepared to scrap him from the list at all for me. I was never bullish to begin with. Parker's absence made me lean in a little more. Now the injury, now the question marks about opening round. I'm just prepared to scrap him from the list. Let's talk about Brisbane. Humor Cluggage was really impressive in this game. Historically, outside and link-up style players in these preseason matches do score well. But I really liked what I saw from Hugh. 31 touches, a couple of shots on goal, 75% time on ground, 131 in fantasy, 162 in super coach. He might be the guy with the absence of a Will Ashcroft in the side over this first half of the season. He might be the guy you want to get some shares in. Problem? Round two by. That really does make it hard. So what does he do in opening round? Might just tell you enough to see whether or not you're prepared to take him on. But the problem is you'd be then either holding him through and elevating a cow onto your field earlier than you'd like. Round two is really early to do it. Um, or you're flipping him and using him as a correctional trade. I think he's worth considering. Absolutely. I think opening round will really tell you a lot, but definitely a player I think that could really surge forward for us and is absolutely worthy of consideration. You could probably throw a Josh Dunkley into the mix of that as well. 20 odd touches, handful of marks. In fact, more than a handful. So a handful of tackles. I think it's about eight or nine marks in this game and just the 69% time on ground and still goes 90s across the format. So I really like Josh Dunkley. I think he's going to be closer to what he did in a middle 10-week portion of the season where I think he went at about 115-120 in AFL Fantasy and 130 in Supercoach. I think it's like round 5 to 15 off the top of my head. We covered it in the episodes of the 50 Most Relevant. I think he's kind of not at that level, but closer to that than what he's priced at. So definitely some value, but again, presents a pain point for us with that early buy round. So I think that's probably going to be enough to, to fade people's interest in him. Uh, Lockie Neal, if you're bullish on him, you're going to stay in that place. But again, I think that's a pain point for us. Then there's two guys I think we do need to have a bit more of a conversation about. Number one, Kadeen Coleman. 90s across the formats, well, an 89 in Supercoach, if I'm being really honest, but exactly what we saw, not just in the grand final, not just in the practice match last weekend, but what we've seen sporadically over his career, and that is that he 
really uses the ball well by foot. He is a run and carry style player, a 60 to 70 meter style player, really. Rebounds well. The Lions do love to get the ball in his hands. They were missing some of their other distributors off halfback. So just a, a little caveat for us there. But he becomes somebody that if you'd kind of lost interest because of the early buy, he's now someone that I'd just probably move him up in your watch list a little bit more. What happens next week in opening round will really determine the stocks of selection around him. And it will dictate a little bit of your defensive structure because you're then needing someone like a Nick Caulfield to have to come onto the field to protect him because I, I really don't love the idea of where I can avoid it, having to put one of these defensive cows on the ground, especially in the first two to three or four weeks of the season, given how much it just means you're putting a Gibkus or a Reed or a curtain should he even make it to the team in the first week. They're all key position players. And while they can pop a 60 or a 70, I, I definitely would have liked to avoid stocks and keep them on the bench for me. So uh, I think Coleman is still a fascinating one to consider, but opening round scoring. This is just another nice reminder for us of what he is and what he can do for us. Um, the other guy that's probably worth a little bit of a consideration is Akai Lohman. Uh, 77 in AFL Fantasy, 99 in Supercoach. No goals in this, which is really important. Played is a little bit higher up the ground, but still through that forward line. He, he looked really good. He's someone that at times and the VFL has really dominated and has never really got a, a full-blown chance at the AFL level. Again, you get to see him in opening round. You get the opportunity to watch and see and consider. But I feel like in our forward line, his job security, at least as a non-Lion supporter and watching, I feel like that's a really hard part of the ground to hold into. The absence of Jack Gunston now does open up an opportunity, but politely Jack was in and out of the side for a bunch of different reasons last year. So it's not like there's a clear sold spot. That forward line is really powerful and is really incredible. You think of the Danaher, the um, Hipwood, you're throwing Charlie Cameron, you're throwing a, a Link McCarthy. Like I could go on, but already that's a, that's a really solid four. And how does he sit and fit within that? I'm not so sure. And I do feel like some of the cows we have in our forward line do boast a little bit more job security for us. You've got a Cadman who we've talked about in the Giants episode of the match review. You've got um, potentially a Manor coming through, but then you've got Windsor who's looked good the other night. Potentially you've even got a Reed on, on the bench that you've kind of pushed him a little bit more there. I, I feel like there's a little bit more depth of forward cows that I think have greater job security than Kai but he's someone that I'm at least prepared to consider. Um, Tunstall, I thought was okay. Keep an eye on him as a potential um, after round two um, correctional trade, for sake of a better phrase. I think he's someone I'd be a little bit more interested in, but the, the Lions, I think, are going to be around the mark again this year. They'll give us a couple of fantasy-relevant players. McCluggage, I'd love to keep a bit more of an eye on, but I just feel that at round two buy makes it really, really hard despite a little bit of value. I'm probably going to look at elsewhere. But do you agree or disagree? Who are the players from the Swans and the Lions that caught your attention from this match? If you're watching it over in YouTube, uh, comment below and let us know who are the players that caught your eye in this match that have either changed or made you make a difference and a, dif and a 
done a new move in your site. I'd love to know. You can comment below. Uh, if you're listening to this as an audio podcast episode, you can get in touch with us across social media. All the details for where you can find us and reach out are in the description of this episode. We continue on our series of these match reviews and then opening round is next week. Can you believe it? We finally get competitive AFL footy and it's a week earlier than what we're used to. It's fantastic news. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. We can't wait to be back with you again with another of these Amy Community Series match reviews. Give it a-